0: Lovely to see so many beautiful women. We just want to honour you all this morning. Um, So we'll have a gift for you. We've got a beautiful morning tea happening, so welcome. Um, Over the coming uh, women's gatherings that we're going to have, we're going to be looking into the lives of five women. Um, Not five extraordinary women, not five incredible women, um, not five unusual women, just five ordinary women who have been placed in the lineage of Jesus Christ. So we're going to look into their lives um, as we have the coming women's events, apart from with Pastor Jane, of course. Um, And they are who you might expect. There's a prostitute. There's a woman who pretended to be a prostitute. There's a young widow. There's a woman who suffered the loss of a child. And a young woman called of God into an amazing destiny. Their names are Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba and Mary. So as women, we're going to start checking them out over our coming times. You know, the Old Testament has a bunch of genealogies, has a whole lot of them. It actually, as I start to look into this week, it has more than I realised. And these are often the parts that we might skim through or we might sort of wonder why they're there, and we're sort of like, i got to do my reading today, but it's the begat, 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 and we say, why are these even here? What good are they doing me? How is this building my life? And while we may not worry about all that stuff in our lives and in our day, it was a big deal to the Jewish people, hence a lot of them in the Old Testament. It really mattered to the Jewish people who was descended from whom. Remember, God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So the descendancy and all that was very, very important to the Jewish people. But you will notice, when you go into the New Testament, there's only two genealogies. You will only find two genealogies in the New Testament. They are in Matthew and Luke, and they both point to Jesus. They both point to Jesus. They are both to do with the life of Jesus or with the birth of Jesus. And for me, this really brings home, when you look at the genealogies of Jesus, when you see uh, who Jesus has come from, it really brings home how God has always had this overarching plan over the history of time. God has always had an overarching plan. It wasn't that there's the Old Testament, then God changed his mind, decided to do a bunch of things differently. Now here's the New Testament. But the New Testament, two of the Gospels begin with genealogies of Jesus that take us back into the Old Testament and to me it brings home so clearly that God is saying this is the story and the story is continuing. The story doesn't stop, the story continues and also it makes it so clear how much the Old Testament is leading into the birth of Jesus. So I love Christina said this morning she loves reading the Old Testament Let's not neglect the Old Testament. There's so much richness in it and it's all leading to the birth of Jesus. And in fact, if you do the daily readings, the other day you would have done one of the readings of Matthew's genealogy of Jesus. So, if you're joining us in the daily readings, you know what I'm talking about. Now, Matthew's genealogy is from Abraham to Jesus. Um, And it tells the story from Abraham and comes through the line of King David because Matthew, the book of Matthew, was written primarily for Jewish understanding. And as I say, these genealogies and understanding this is very important to the Jewish people. And so Matthew is written to demonstrate that here is the long-awaited Messiah who has descended from Abraham through the line of King David because that was the things that mattered about the Messiah, And so, but Luke's goes from Jesus to Adam. It goes the other way. It starts with Jesus and goes all the way up to Adam. So Matthew's is written for the Jewish understanding, which means they tell you clearly that the the Messiah has come from Abraham and he's come through the line of King David. Luke's is written more for a Gentile understanding, which is all of us, the rest of us. And it tells us that Jesus is descended from Adam. So that shows us that Jesus is here for all people. So it's bringing out clearly that right from the start, there was the Messiah coming for the Jewish people as promised. But it also brings out, here is the saviour of the world. And right from the start, God had planned a saviour for the world. There's a reason I'm telling you all this. It's not a history lesson in case you're starting to get very bored. Now, we don't know a lot about these five women, We don't know a lot about them, we don't see all that much about them, but what we do see when we look into their lives, and and we will more clearly later, is that we see the, the nature and the character of God in the lives of these women. So we don't know a lot about them, we don't need to know a lot about them. What we can understand and see is the nature and character of God ...in what happens in the lives of these women... ...as he is sovereign over his plan, over history. So what do we see about God here? Firstly, we see that seemingly small lives... ...are brought into God's big plan. Seemingly small lives are brought into God's big plan. Mary was a young woman planning to marry Joseph... ...minding her own business, maybe planning a wedding until a visit from an angel comes and tells her she's about to give birth to the Messiah, she's going to give birth to the Saviour of the world. She's from a little town called Nazareth, which was considered very ordinary. And in fact, in, in John 1, Nathaniel says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? That's how nothing it was as a town. And she was a young girl in that town. Because, you know, when you're talking Messiah, you might expect something a bit more high-end than the town that people say, what good can come out of there? Ruth, who's also in the line of Jesus, was a Moabite, who was widowed. But she chose to stay with her mother-in-law instead of leaving her mother-in-law. And God made a way for her to marry Boaz and enter the line of King David. She was the grandmother of David's father, Jesse. Now, Boaz, the Redeemer, who became Ruth's husband, Boaz, the Redeemer, is a type of Jesus Christ, who is the Redeemer of the world. So he takes people whose lives seem small. He takes people whose lives might seem like there's nothing much to it. But he brings it into his big picture, into his big plan. See, we see a little thing. We only see a little thing. But God is doing the big thing. God's doing a big thing when we look at ourselves and only see something very small. We look at ourselves and we think, I'm just me. But God is taking many just me's and bringing his picture together. Now, I do jigsaw puzzles. Yes, I'm that cool. I do jigsaw puzzles. Are there any fellow puzzlers out there? Oh, okay, thank you. I see the intelligence of the room just went up, okay. But you know, sometimes I will look at a piece of a jigsaw puzzle and I can't tell what it is and I can't see what part it will play in that puzzle. I'm going for an overall picture. Yes, we have a picture in front of us. We know what it looks like. We're going for an overall picture. But we will pick up a piece and we will look at it and you cannot see what part it could play. You look at it and go, I cannot see what this little piece can do. But as the puzzle builds, you start to notice each individual piece and where it can go. Sometimes I do puzzles and I'll pick up something and I think, this is not going to go here. This is not going to go into this picture. And then that poor little piece sits next to the puzzle on the table, wondering if it will ever fit anywhere. Wondering if it'll ever come into the big picture. At the start, it's just one little piece. And I don't know where it's going to go. But every piece has a place that fits. And as you build the puzzle, each each piece gets put in its place. And when each piece takes its place, you begin to get the whole big picture. Now, I won't even get started too much this morning on incomplete puzzles. When you do a puzzle, fellow puzzlers, yes. Is that the frustration? Yes. I live in a house with Bronco supporters. They think they're frustrated. I need to sit them down and make them do a puzzle that turns out to have a piece missing. Then they will know frustration. You see, we only see see our little piece. We don't understand so often that in the fullness and all that of time God has been taking pieces and fitting them through and as you read the genealogy of Jesus you can see that God has just taken peace there there's the place there's the place there's the happening there's the person and all through time God has been fitting the pieces together to bring about his big picture secondly we see in these in when we look at these genealogies look in the lives of these women the second thing we see is that God doesn't write people off God doesn't write people off. Psalm 139, 16 says this, your eyes saw my unformed body, all the days ordained for me were written in your book even before one of them came to be. All the days written, uh, ordained for me were written in your book even before one of them came to be. See, God doesn't write people off, God writes people in. God writes people into the story. He doesn't write people off. Now, here are these women. They are not of noble birth. So, they are very, very unlikely to ever make the history books. They're very unlikely to be told about in stories. They're very unlikely to be people that would be um, brought in together into history. But actually, here they are included in God's story over all of history. And some of these women... Have very, very messy lives. Some of these stories are very, very messy. They're not all tidy things. They're not all tidy lives. Bathsheba was taken by the king while her soldier husband was at war. The king maneuvered her husband's death so that he could have her, and then she lost a child. It's not the stuff we think of God's great people when we read the Bible, is it? You know, Christina was talking earlier about the heroes of the Bible. This is not what you think about when you read of God's great people, these kind of happenings that really are very messy and very ugly. But then Bathsheba went on to be the queen mother in King Solomon's reign. Rahab was a prostitute in Jericho. She lived in the wall of the city. They used to have these big walls that actually had people living in them. And she lived in the wall of the city where men would come and visit her because she was a prostitute. But she hears of the miracles of God's people. And in fact, when um, God's people are approaching Jericho to take it, she says, our hearts are melting in fear because they had heard what the God of Israel, the one true God, what he does for his people. So she chooses to help God's people come closer into the promise that God has given to them. She chooses to help them come in to their promise and God delivers her and her family. Tamar, her story is very confronting reading. Her story is very confronting reading. People think that the Bible is some sort of feel-good, you know, sweetheart, everything feels soft read. No, it's very real. It tells the lives of people in ways that are very, very real. But you see, God gives grace and God gives mercy and God restores and God delivers when people choose to follow him. When people choose to follow him, God gives so much grace and mercy to people who we would think or they themselves would think don't deserve it. God doesn't write people off, so let's make sure we don't either. Let's never write people off. That person you're praying for for salvation keep praying, don't write them off. Your kids that may be going in a way that you don't want them to go, keep praying, don't write them off. The husband, the wife, whatever it is, don't write them off. God doesn't write people off, so we shouldn't either. The third thing we see in the lives of these women is that the story, God's story over history continues. The last woman we see in Jesus' lineage is Mary, his mum. Now, we don't know a huge amount about Mary before she is visited by that angel. We know hardly anything about her except she was in that really nondescript kind of place where she was living. But what we do know is that God called her favoured. And we do know that she was quick to trust and accept when God came to her with this plan, when the angel came to her with God's plan. We do know that she was quick to accept it. She was quick to trust it. And God honours righteousness and faith. That's what we see in Mary's life. When we live before God, how he calls us to live, when we have faith in God, God honours that. That's what we find out from Mary's life. Now, we haven't looked at any depth in these women's lives. We're just skimming the surface at this point. But what we see is as as God weaves his story, it comes to us. It comes to us. Because the genealogy is finished with Jesus. So we go, well, what does that mean that the genealogies have finished with Jesus? It means that the physical genealogies that matter have finished with Jesus. But at the cross, a whole new line was born. There was a new line ball and it is a spiritual line. A spirit line was born at the cross and God calls every one of us into that place. God calls us into the lineage of Jesus, the one that comes from him. We become part of God's family. It's no longer who you know, who you're related to, who, where you were born, whatever. It's none of that anymore. All it is, is if you accept Jesus, God will bring you into his line. He brings you into his family and we become the bearers of God's line throughout history. See, the, the, the story hasn't ended God is just continuing. He's been doing all the stuff in the Old Testament. Then Jesus comes and God continues to bring his story about. So how do we fit into this continuation, the ongoing story of God on earth? Firstly, as I said, receive Jesus as your saviour. Receive Jesus as your saviour. John 1.12 says this, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. So if you've received Jesus, you have stepped into the line, into Jesus' line. You have stepped into God's family. There's no longer a a line of begat, 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 begat. There's just a line of who has accepted Jesus, born of the Spirit. And when you accept Jesus, you place yourself into that lineage. Now, it doesn't matter who you are. That's the number one prerequisite. Accept Jesus as your Saviour. Secondly, accept who God has designed you to be. Accept who God has designed you to be. Psalm 139, verse 13 and 14 says this. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Psalm 139 is believed to have been written when King David was made the king over Israel. And when he's made the king over Israel, this is what he writes. You created me. You designed me. It's like this recognition that God, you made me exactly the person you want me to be for this particular person. In fact, the Psalm outlined is really, you know me, you created me, you are with me, and I am in your cause. That's Psalm 139, written by David at that time. You were created and designed to take part in what God is doing and to carry on his family line. Thirdly, how do we take part in it? Allow God to do his work in your life. Allow God to do his work in your life. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork or workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I praise you because I am fearfully... And wonderfully made. David's words on becoming king. He could see how intimately and how intricately God had designed him and designed his life to take on that purpose to be the king of Israel. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And I'm going to pray for you this morning so if the musicians would come we're going to close in a song but first I want to pray for us all today. Mother's Day, it's the perfect time to talk about generations. But I want to ask you today, firstly, have you received Jesus as your saviour? Because he is calling you to come and step into that place, step into God's family, step into his family line. God is calling you for that. Thank you. Secondly, I'm going to ask you, excuse me, do you know that God has called you to his purpose? And He has designed and made you for His purpose. I sometimes find people think, "Well, my life is nothing." Who am I? It's like that little jigsaw piece. Where can I fit in? I'm just, I'm just this. I'm just that. But throughout history, when we look, we see that God has designed us for purpose. And Psalm 139 says that God knit you together in your mother's womb. Knitting means there was a plan. Knitting means there's a design. Knitting means there's an intricacy, it's not just some sort of conveyor line of people that God brings into the earth, but God designs us and creates us for his purpose. So I'm going to pray over all of us this morning and if you're feeling any sense of, well, what could God do with me, I'm going to ask God to just reveal to you how important you are to him and how there should not be one missing piece out of the picture that God is bringing together, amen? Amen. So why don't you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, I lift up everyone in the house and everyone online this morning. Lord, I thank you for for who you are. I thank you, Lord, that you let us see that Jesus had this line reaching back to prove your purpose and your plan, but also that the line continues, it continues in us who know you and who receive you. Lord, I want to pray for every person here who may be feeling like, well, who am I? What do I have? What can I be? How can God use me? And I ask you, God, to bring a revelation to every person who is, just has that sense of just being like that jigsaw piece and where does it fit? Who am I? What can I do? What can I have? What is my part in this big picture? I pray for every person, Lord, that your revelation would come upon them. And Lord, I pray for anyone who hasn't received you as their saviour, Bring a revelation of Jesus now in the name of Jesus. In the house and online, I pray for a revelation of Jesus to come upon people. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening today. I hope you subscribe to the podcast so you can be inspired weekly. God bless and have a great day.